are you a capable or a confident writer? The difference might surprise you because one of them gets paid more to write than the other, publishes more than the other, and is more well-known in the industry than the other. But which is which? In today's podcast, I'll break down the difference between the two and share with you exactly what you need to know to make sure you're in the right camp to reach your goals as a writer. My name is Rachel Blackmore, and I believe in you more than you know. As a writer, you have a gift, a purpose, but most of all, you have a choice. A choice to up-level your skills and share your gift with the world, and in doing so, make an enormous impact on your family and future. The choice starts now. This is the Writerpreneur Podcast. college, I took a higher level English course and we had to write every week persuasive essays. And these were like long form persuasive essays. And even though it was so much writing, I loved it. It was one of the most fun classes I ever took because for me, writing at its very core is always persuasive in one way or the other. And for the final, we had to write a whopping 15,000-word persuasive essay, but we got to do it about anything we felt passionate about. There was a catch, though. The catch was you had to present both sides, but you had to still lead the reader to the conclusion predetermined prior to writing. So I had to say, this is what I'm arguing. Here are the sides, and this is the conclusion that the reader will come to. So my goal of this particular essay was to convince the reader that although we as humans, the human race, we've all been conditioned to believe that marine parks such as SeaWorld are conservation-driven organizations, the real truth is they're like everything but conservation-driven organizations. And in fact, at the time I wrote it, less than 1% of SeaWorld's profits went to conservation. And instead of actually helping the environment and the marine life, they were damaging them through the marine mammal programs that they had, which were so harmful, not helpful at all. And through the damage of spreading really false general knowledge and creating a sentiment in the public about these creatures in captivity that somehow made it okay. So I wrote with passion and I had a ton of research because most people don't know this about me now, but if you knew me back really from the time I could talk until my early 20s. And if you really, really know me, like in my inner circle now, you know I'm still a little obsessive about it. Uh, But for sure, anybody who came in contact with me or knew anything about me, I even was, I would dress up as a killer whale trainer for SeaWorld for Halloween and go to school that way. But if you knew anything about me, you knew I was obsessed with becoming a killer whale trainer at SeaWorld. It was my mission. life. And so much so that I trained during high school. I got Patty Open Water certified. I trained with swim coaches. I got CPR certified. I went to college while still in high school 
to go for psychology, which was recommended for ORCA trainers at the time. And the day after I graduated high school, I packed my suitcase, bought a one-way ticket on a Greyhound bus, and moved across the country because I was accepted to perform the swim test in White Whale and Dolphin Stadium. And so I headed there and never looked back. But along the journey of pursuing that dream, I was witness to several really concerning things. I volunteered at some zoos, some different marine mammal centers, and I saw a lot of red flags, a lot of red flags that showed me that these animals in captivity, specifically these major marine mammals like cetaceans, should not be in captivity. And when Don Branshaw died February 24th of 2010, the game changed for me. It really opened my eyes and I turned my obsession to working with these marine mammals to instead finding the truth. I began to read autopsy reports, witness accounts. I went down every rabbit hole I could find and it led me to the truth of what I believe that these, again, incredible marine mammals, specifically cetaceans, should not be in captivity in order to turn a profit. So much has come out about it. I won't tell you one way or the other. I won't I won't spill over the argumentative essay here in this podcast. But I won't tell you one way or the other what to believe, but I do encourage you to watch Blackfish, uh, the documentary, watch The Cove, the documentary, and really be open to seeing what the different institutes are and how you can be involved or not involved should you ever decide to go to somewhere that houses these cetaceans or marine mammals. So when it was time for me to choose a topic to write about for my final, I, of course, I knew exactly what I was going to write. I was going to present the arguments from both sides because I lived both sides so passionately and I knew them very well. And I decided that I would lead my reader to the conclusion that cetaceans should not be held in captivity for entertainment and profit purposes. Now, I was confident in my ability to write this paper, and so I did. I turned it in, and I waited until the day it was that I needed to go and get my grade and go over the edits to finish up the class. And that day, as I sat in the back of the room, my professor called me up and sat next to me for my review. And I, out of the blue, it was nothing that I expected, but I heard something from her that totally changed my life. She turned to me and nonchalantly said, Yep, you aced the essay, of course, so much so that I was, I felt a little taken aback. Like I had no idea that she thought it was easy for me, but it, come on, it's 15,000 words. And I wanted more than like, yep, of course you aced it. <laughs> but then she said, and I wanted to let you know, I submitted your paper along with other much larger colleges in the state to compete at a state level and it won. So if you'd like to submit it to nationals, you can do that. And I just thought, what? I had no idea. I was so stunned. Like little old me in my little hometown college who loves to write persuasively against major universities across the entire state, people who I would have assumed are way more skilled than I am. And I won. And I wouldn't have even had the audacity (laughs) is what it felt like at that time to even submit the paper had she asked me if I wanted to. 
But that moment gave me so much insight into my gift as a writer in a way that I think I probably would have never gotten had it not happened. Because from that moment on, I became truly confident in my ability to write and even specifically to write persuasively. But here's the catch. I went on for years wanting to write for profit and having no idea how to make a living as a writer. So I'd write for myself. I'd write in a doc, in a journal, wherever, but I would never know what the next right move was. And what ended up happening over years of writing for myself with making zero impact and zero money from it, I got less and less confident. I started to wonder if I really could provide for my family as a paid writer. Could I really make a go of this? See, you're a confident writer if you've been writing with some success. Maybe that's family or friends noticing your talent. Maybe you've self-published an ebook. But with some success, you write and you feel fairly good about it. And you feel like if someone ever gave you a shot, you'd be able to get a piece published. But you're a capable writer if you consistently take action toward your goal of being published, of making an impact, of getting paid to write, of making a living as a writer. So hear me when I say capable writers move forward with action regardless of their confidence level. This is one of those, I will do the best I can with what I know and I will go, right? Like, let's go. See, I was a confident writer for nearly a decade before I became a capable writer. But as a confident writer, I was poor, I was struggling, I was stuck and confused and overwhelmed and frustrated. And do you know what happened when I began to take action? I figured things out. I had doors open to me. I got published. I got noticed. I attracted my dream clients. I got better. I skilled up. Not only at that point could I pay for my family's groceries, which had been my goal, but I began through years of working to be able to support my entire family so my husband doesn't have to work outside the home unless he chooses to. And so we can help others in need and we can support other families who are going through tough stuff. And it's all because I up-leveled from a confident writer to a capable writer. Now, I know that that still may sound kind of vague, and I don't want to leave you here with just the idea of a confident writer to a capable writer. I want to tell you exactly what I would do, what I did, and what I would do over again if I needed to make that shift. So I'm going to give you five strategies that are going to help you to move from a confident writer to a capable writer so you can actually make an impact, make money, and make your dreams come true as a writer. Okay, so strategy number one, write and publish on the daily, (laughs) like every day. My Just Write framework that I talked about in a prior episode is the first thing that really started to move the needle for me. And it was about, at this time, seven or eight years ago. If you've heard me talk about it, you know that When I first started, it was a lot harder to start a blog or a website online than it is today. And I tried everything. And no matter what I did, I just couldn't figure it out. The tech side of it really stalled my progress. 
So one day I just decided I'm going to stop trying to figure out this tech stuff. I'm dumping hours a day trying to figure out how to automate and integrate and all these different things that I didn't know how to do. And instead, I was just going to write consistently every day, 30 minutes on the clock, period, no matter what, I'm going to write. And as I did this, I trusted that my skills would naturally up-level, and then so would my opportunities to get published, to get paid, to get in front of my dream clients if I was consistently writing every single day. So during my kids' nap time, which was in the afternoon for 30 minutes every day, I set an alarm. I committed to writing something worth sharing. And even though at that time, the only person I shared it with was my husband, (laughs) I knew I was writing in order to share it with someone. So the point for me was to teach my brain that I wasn't going to give up and that I was going to become a highly skilled writer no matter what. And I would do whatever it took to get there. Eventually, when I started really to skill up and get more confident and become more capable, I shared my best work with others who I trusted, which turned into people sharing it with their friends and their circles, which turned into people asking me to write copy for their website and social media and on and on and on until here I am today, years and years later, a decade later. So those 30 minutes every single day, no matter what, that was really the linchpin of change for me. And that's strategy number one. But here, is what I want to tell you that is really amazing. Technology has changed so much in the last 10 years. Like when I started writing and trying to publish and doing a blog, we were just out of the era of like dial up and the crazy loud noises every time you're trying to get online and you can't answer the phone at the same time you're online. It makes me feel so old, but it's true. And so the technology is just like light years different. What's amazing now is that you can start a blog in a site that is trafficked, become profitable, be seen, get noticed in 30 minutes or less. So not only you now going to write for 30 minutes, but you're going to publish every day. And the way that you do that is through a platform called Medium. If you're not familiar with it, I suggest that you get on Medium and get familiar with it. Uh, you can also join my Writerpreneur Her Facebook group, which I can answer all your questions there. It's super simple. And there's even a way to monetize your writing through there. But I would suggest that you write every single day for 30 minutes and that you publish on Medium every single day if you're just getting started moving from a confident to a capable writer. And it's really, really important because if you are not publishing, you're not taking that action. And if you're not taking the action, you will never become the capable writer you are meant to be. So, make sure you follow this strategy number one and ask me questions and I'll help get you started in the Writerpreneur Her Facebook group. Strategy number two, you've got to believe in yourself. And I know that it seems like common sense. I know that it might sound a little bit fluffy or pie in the sky, but it's not. The truth is you've got to believe that you're a confident writer and then you need to take action to show the world that you're a capable writer. And one way, in fact, I believe the best way for you to do this is by leveraging social media, by optimizing all your profiles, by connecting with your dream clients, by giving into the industry through likes and 
engagements and comments and all those kinds of things. Share with the world through these existing platforms that you're already on anyways, what you're doing and what you're working on or what you just finished. So many times I'm in these writers groups that I'll see these writers who I'm sure are brilliant and and competent and want to become well-paid in-demand writers saying things like, I'm getting so frustrated. I can't find jobs. I All of these negative, difficult things. And I click over to look at their profile and there is not a single thing on there that would indicate that they're a writer. It's such a missed opportunity because publishers look at these things. Your dream clients look at these things. The public out the world, out in the world, looks at these things on your profile. And it is your opportunity to share your message, share your voice, share your gift with the world as a writer. And in doing so, attract the jobs and the opportunities that you want to attract. So that's strategy number two. You got to believe it and you've got to get out there and show that you are this capable writer and start attracting the right people to you. Strategy number three is you got to plant seeds. And for me, this is kind of the metaphor for really kind of for life. But I believe that there are certain rules. There are certain ways that things work, certain laws of nature that just are simply true. And one of them is you've got to plant the seeds. You've got to nurture them. You've got to care for the environment in order to reap that harvest that you want. So the way that you do this is you give more than you take. And the way that this works for writing is you give into the industry first before you take from it. So how can you be a positive voice? How can you help other authors? How can you help nonprofits? How can you help entrepreneurs through your gift of writing? Give yourself some time to write for free, to write for nonprofits even for free, and submit pitches for publications or to help others in the industry. Just give yourself a little bit of a window, a little bit of wiggle room, because not only is it good karma, but you get great social proof from it. And you can use that social proof and those testimonials and those people out in the world who know that you're a great writer and can refer you to be a snowball effect as you become a capable writer and you reach for those dreams that you have for yourself. Strategy number four is get paid, get paid to write. It is a highly lucrative and highly valuable gift that you have. But I want you to notice something. There's a natural progression to the strategies that I just shared. They build on one another. And without one of them, your foundation as a writer is always shaky. So after you've skilled up, after you've written pieces, after you believe in yourself, you share your gift with the world, you plant seeds, you give back, you give value into the industry, then you get paid to write, right? (laughs) And the final strategy is number five, stay connected anyone in isolation, but especially entrepreneurial creatives, writers like us, we're especially susceptible to getting stuck in fear and depression, overthinking things, confusion, overwhelm, imposter syndrome. I mean, it just goes on and on. And it's so much worse when you're in isolation. We really do need peers and friends and those who are on a similar journey as us to come alongside us to witness our journey. 
if nothing else. It's really, really important. And you really want to prioritize that. It's so often missed, again, especially for writers. So I encourage you with that writerpreneur community to plug in, to connect with me on LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook, and we can really witness our journeys together. It's such an important thing. So those are the five strategies. Write and publish daily. Believe in yourself and own it. Plant seeds, get paid, stay connected. And remember your identity as a writer. And you're, you're the, one of the bravest people on the planet because of it. As a writer, you have a gift that if you choose not to share it, will be missing. There will be a void in the world, in the universe, in families that you could have impacted. Don't let that void happen. I encourage you to fill that void. Fill it with well-intentioned, skilled writing. Step up and share the truth, the joy, the love, the impact, the all the good things like you've never done before. Tenaciously go after these things with your gift. And if you found value in this episode, I would so love it if you would share it with other writers that you know. I would love to have this community around us all so that we have the ability to share and thrive and enjoy the journey with one another. Plus, I'd love to hear from you. Don't let me be in isolation, just like I don't want you to be in isolation. Tell me who you are. Publish a post on Instagram and tag me. Take a screenshot of this episode and tag me at Rachel Blackmore or stop in the Writerpreneur community or stop by Facebook and let me know who you are and that you've been listening and let's get to know each other. And I want to leave you with one final question. Will you commit to gaining the skill and courage it takes to write and publish today? It could be the answer someone's searching for that could change their life forever. I hope that you will, and I hope to see you in the Writerpreneur community. Wait, what? You mean it's over already? I know, I know. The episode went by way too fast for me too. Tell you what, let's get together again later. Just click the link in the show notes to join me and a ton of other gifted writers just like you in our private writerpreneur community. And remember, I'm here to equip, encourage, and empower you. So go to writerpreneur.com to learn how you can up-level your skills and gain the confidence you need to share your gift with the world, make a massive impact, and change the future for you and your family.